How valuable is Boyan Bogdanovich's offensive game to the Detroit Pistons? How can they hide him defensively? And what's his overall impact for this team expected to be this season? We'll talk about all that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button at the uh, Locked On Pistons YouTube channel. We are on our way to 10,000 subscribers. We have six accounts at Locked On Network in the NBA community that have over 10,000 subscribers. We are trying to be the seventh. We're a little bit behind. We're about 4,000 away. So if you guys are listening to the podcast, you guys watch the podcast, you guys are not subscribed, please head over there, hit that subscribe button, get us closer and closer to that 10,000 mark. I really would appreciate it. Or you can leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. In today's episode, we're just going to be talking about Boyan Bogdanovich, the player, throughout all three segments. Uh, We're going to start off talking about how much does he help the offense? How does he help the offense? We'll talk about ways, um, how much he, how he struggles defensively and then how they can hide him defensively. Is there a way to hide him defensively? Do they have the personnel to do so? And then lastly, we'll talk about, well, at the end of the day, after we talk about his offense and defense, do you go, is it going to be Boyan Bogdanovich or Joe Harris that gets played, gets played eventually towards the end of the season more Boyan traded. Does Joe Harris take his spot? Will Joe Harris help this team more? We'll talk about all that today. Um, but I, like I said, we're going to start up, start off with Boyan's offense. So we've talked about Boyan Bogdanovich a lot on the podcast, and just like a, I feel like 80% of how we've talked about him, at least over the last few months, has been as a trade asset. How much value does he have on the, on the trade market? How much can he get the Pistons back? All that kind of stuff. We haven't really talked about Boyan the player. And part of the reason why is I feel like Boyan the player is – it, a lot of us know what Boyan brings. I, I feel like Boyan is, is a well-known commodity. He's a veteran player. We, we know what he does. But I, I probably should spend a little bit more time speaking of how good of a season he had this past season. So I just want to read off some of these numbers so everyone understands just how good Boyan was offensively for the Pistons this past season. This might have been his best offensive season uh, of his career. And he's had some really good seasons. He's been a part of some winning teams. It's not like he was a bum before this. He's had some really good seasons. I think it's arguable that this past season was his best offensive season in in the NBA. So let me read you guys some of this. So this past year, 21.6 points per game, most points scored in a season for him so far. He shot 41% from three on six attempts. That's second or yeah, second most in his career, or actually third most. He's a tiny bit behind his 2019 numbers. Um, so his third highest percentage from deep. He had a career high, or was it career? No, second career high. So second um, behind his 2019 season in field goal percentage. And then if you go into the synergy numbers, which I really like looking at more than just the basic box score stuff, in spot-up possessions, he was in the 93rd percentile. Excellent. Transition, 67th, 67th percentile. Pick-and-roll ball handler, 51st percentile. Coming off screens, 83rd percentile. In isolation, 
64th percentile miscellaneous plays, 96th percentile coming off handoffs, 67th percentile. And while this is an incredibly, incredibly small sample size, in the few times he was a pick-and-roll man, he was setting screens. He was in the 75th percentile. But don't stop there. On all jump shots, all jump shots, dribble, catch-and-shoot, all of them, guarded, uncontested, all of them, he was in the 90th percentile. He was quite literally one of the best shooters in the entire NBA this past season. And when you take into account volume and the type of shots he was taking, there's an argument you can make that I don't know how high you could say he was top 10 shooter this past season. Like, he was one of the best shooters in the entire NBA this past season. When it comes to catch and shooting, you could probably make an argument that he was the best catch and shooter this past season. He was in the 91st percentile on all catch and shot, catch and shoot jumpers. Off the dribble, 79th percentile. So, and then he struggles a little bit around the rim. He was in the 25th percentile around the rim. He's not great around there. But overall, he is one of the best shooters in the entire NBA. And when it came to, he wasn't just scoring off the catch again. He was coming off screens and scoring. He was isolating a lot for the Pistons and scoring. He was coming off pick and rolls and scoring. He showcased a little bit more to me than I knew about his game before. Um, I knew he was a, he was a fine scorer, but he showcased a little bit more of his bag that I didn't know he had. He wasn't just a catch and shooter. He was taking guys off the dribble and taking middies, uh, contested middies, post fadeaways, fadeaway middies. He was drawing fouls pretty well as well. So just overall, Bojan Bogdanovic, the offensive player, is a pretty damn good player. This past season, he drew the most amount of free throws a game than he ever has in his entire career, 5.1 free throw attempts a game. Shot 88% on those free throws. So overall, I think this was probably his best season offensively in the NBA thus far and the kind of value that he brings to this team's offense. Look, I know when we're going to talk about his defense in just a few minutes, but I feel like maybe I haven't, actually not maybe, I'll go ahead and admit this, I haven't given him enough value or given him enough props for how much he does help the offense and what he brings to the offense. When you have Cade, then you have Jay and Ivy, and you have Jalen Duran, all guys who are figuring to be plus playmakers and creating for him. Yes, the fact that he's one of the best spot-up shooters in the NBA, obviously, is fantastic for them. But the fact that he can do a little bit off the dribble too. Now, playmaking-wise, he's not a very good passer at all. I, he doesn't make very good passes at all. But if you have guys who can create advantages for him, not only will he be able to hit the open, knockdown, catch-and-shoot jumpers, but if a guy closes out, he's perfectly capable of giving a guy a, uh, attacking a hard closeout, pull up midi, drawing a foul. If you need some, if like the other guys are struggling offensively, like Cade struggling that night or Ivy struggling that night, Boyan is a guy who can take off some of the load offensively and score the basketball. Not playmaking wise, but if you need a guy, some guys are struggling to score. You need someone to pick up the scoring load. Boyan proved this past season for the Pistons. He is perfectly fine doing that. He is a pretty damn good scorer. So, look, we'll talk about his defense in a minute, but I, I just wanted to give him credit for how much he is or how good he is offensively, how much he would help this team or is going to help this team this upcoming season offensively. They need spacing bad. They do. And they need Stu, Isaiah Stewart, who sounds like he's going to be the starting four, they need him to be a good three-point shooter. They desperately need it to happen in that starting lineup. And if you have questions about that happening, which I do, and your option is not to just bring him off the bench, you're set on starting him, starting Boyan next to him might be just a must because Boyan 
gives like the best chance at like countering the lack of gravity and lack of spacing Stu could bring if he doesn't develop into this really good three-point shooter. Boyan is one, like we just pointed out, like I just pointed out with these numbers, Boyan is one of the best spot-up shooters in the entire NBA. He is overall one of the best shooters in the NBA. Just overall. In every any sense of a shooter, he is one of the best shooters in the NBA, and he does it on a lot of volume. So that right there is why Boyan could be so viable for the Detroit Pistons this upcoming season. And if he is on the team still, I don't know if it's 100% sure that he'll be on the team this season still. When it starts, he could be traded still. But if he is on the team throughout this season, I am interested to see him play with Cade. How that dynamic works does, you know, with Cade being the guy, how does he play off of Cade? And Jay and Ivy coming into his second season, who is going to be like the Robin to Cade's Batman. How does he play off of those guys? That, I think that will be pretty interesting to see. So, overall, Boyan offensively, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. One of the best shooters in the entire NBA. And the Pistons, if he is on the team still, will value that shooting greatly. Greatly. Especially if some other guys that they're hoping develop as shooters don't develop as shooters, they're going to need him desperately. So, just wanted to give him some credit. Talk about Boyan's offense. Because, again, we have talked about Boyan a lot just as, like, a trade asset for other teams. And I haven't talked enough about how much he would help this team offensively if he is still on the team this season. So, there you go. If you guys felt like I didn't point out something about Boyan's offense, maybe there's something else you guys feel like that he helps the team with outside of veteran leadership. I should have mentioned that, but we're talking about his on-court play. Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Hill. When we come back... How can you hide him defensively? How how bad is Boyan's defense and how can you hide it? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. During the NBA season, I was on FanDuel all the time, especially towards the end of the Pistons season. I was on there taking the over on Jane Ivey's assist. I was on there taking the over on Jane Ivey's points. Jane Ivey was taken off. They had it a little bit lower than I expected it to be for the end of the season. Maybe they weren't hip to how Jane Ivey was progressing. So I was taking advantage of that over and over and over. FanDuel, it's safe. It's secure. You get paid instantly. I love FanDuel. Definitely has the best sports book out there. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. Again, we're on our way to 10,000 subscribers. So please, if you support the podcast, you guys support the community, the Locked On Pistons community, and want to continue to show Locked On that we are the best, fastest growing fan base out there, please hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel, or you can leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So, we talked about Boyan's offense. Incredibly viable. Is a really, 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 really good offensive player. And again, I think he had his best offensive season this past year for the Detroit Pistons. 
But there is another side of the floor when you play basketball. And the other side of the floor, defense, that is, is something that Boyan really struggles with right now, especially at his age, 33, 34 years old. He's only going to get worse. And it is a pretty big... um, It's pretty bad. His defense is pretty bad. So this past season for the Detroit Pistons, he had the worst defensive rating of any player that played rotational minutes outside of Jay Ivey. And if you want to count James Wiseman, James Wiseman had the worst defensive rating, but he only played 600 minutes. So I'm not counting him right now, but if you want to count him, you can. Wiseman had the worst, so that means Boyan had the third worst. But I'm going to say the second worst because he he only played 600 minutes. So Jay Ivey had the worst. He had a defensive rating of 120.1. The defense was eight points better with Ivy off the floor. My goodness. Um, but next, right after that, actually, that's pretty crazy, man, because the next closest is Boyan. But Boyan is a whole 3.1 points better than him. <laughs> so it's like, my God, Ivy was, the team was pretty bad with Ivy on the floor versus off the floor defensively. But Boyan, when he was on the floor, the Pistons had a defensive rating of 119.5. When he was off the floor, they had a defensive rating of 114.6, 4.9 points better with Boyan off the floor. Now, the reason why this is important to me, and we've brought this up on the podcast before, and you guys you guys probably be in the comment section. We'll have, you know, I'll have some daily listeners who are asking, Ku, why do you like Isaiah Livers so much? Well, the reason why I like Isaiah Livers is because Isaiah Livers brings a balance of shooting and defense. Like we just talked about in the first segment, Boyan is tremendous offensively, but the the argument I've been giving for Boyan, or I guess you could say against Boyan, is that with the personnel this team has, his offense isn't enough to make him a net positive on the team. And this is what I mean by that. Boyan, offensively, for the Detroit Pistons, the team was 4.6 points better with him on the floor, offensively. That was the most of, or the second most of any player that played rotational minutes for the Detroit Pistons. Alec Burks was number one at 5.6. Now, Boyan was so good offensively. The team was so much better with him offensively versus anybody else on the team that it, but it still wasn't enough to make him a positive on the court. He was a minus 0.4 on the floor because his defense was worse than his offense was good if you get what I'm saying here. He wasn't scoring enough or bringing enough offensively to counter how much he was giving up defensively. Now, I'm not putting all that on Boyan. Let me go ahead and explain that. It's not all on Boyan. The team overall was bad defensively. They didn't have, outside of Killian Hayes, Isaiah Lewis, and Diallo, they didn't really have good defenders on this team. They didn't have good wing defenders. They didn't have good defenders. Really, or and Isaiah Stewart, my goodness, I, I forgot about Sue. But outside of those guys... They didn't really have good defenders on this team. They had a bunch of young guys, a bunch of rookies, and some vets that aren't that good defensively. So it's not all on Boyan. But Boyan's not going to get better on that end. And I, I, I get some comments sometimes about, well, Utah was able to have a really good defense with Boyan on the floor. Why, why was that? Boyan obviously was good on defense then. No, he was playing against one of the best defenders we've ever seen in Rudy Gobert, who was able to make up for all the defensive weaknesses throughout the regular season. And as we saw in the playoffs, the fact that they had no one on the floor that could guard point of attack, teams just continually spaced them out and forced Rudy to rotate because no one could stay in front of the defender. So, overall, what I'm trying to say is, 
It wasn't that Boyan was better defensively in Utah. They just had Rudy Gobert who can make up for it in the regular season and eventually always caught up to them in the playoffs. So the question is, can the Detroit Pistons hide Boyan defensively? Can they make up for this? Because I don't think he's going to get better. I don't think he's going to get better. I think the defense is still going to be pretty bad with him on the floor. The point or the, the argument to make is the offense will be so much better that it'll be worth some of the defensive fly, defensive slides that he'd give on that other end. And then the other question, obviously, that we're posing here is, can you hide him defensively? I don't think the Pistons can. I don't think they have the personnel to hide him defensively. The best way, like the best lineup you can put him out there with, and it's probably going to be the starting lineup, I guess, is Cade, Ivy, Boyan, Stu, Duran. That's probably going to be the lineup you see the most of with him on the floor. And is that t- does that lineup have enough defense to hide Boyan? I don't think so. Jalen Duran is 19 years old. He's going into his second year in the NBA. Expect him to be a legit good NBA defender at 19 years old. I'm not putting that on his plate. I'd like to see him make improvements. I'd like to see him make jumps. But the jump he would have to make, in my opinion, from going to where he was as a rookie to being like a guy who makes up for multiple guys' defensive incapabilities at 19 years old, it's just unrealistic to happen. Now, I think eventually he'll be there when he's actually like 22 or something, when he's actually of age to drink, and like that kind of thing. But asking a dude at 19 years old, it just doesn't happen. That, that's not realistic. That's not the kind of stuff that happens. Heck, I know we compare him to Dwight Howard, but I'd love to talk with some Orlando guys. Was Dwight at 19 years old like making up for everyone's defense? He could have been. He could have been because Dwight is, again, one of the best defenders we've ever seen in our lives. But I actually wonder if that was if he was able to do that as a as a 19 year old. I'm going to say no. I, I don't think I don't think so. They didn't. The Orlando Magic didn't make the playoffs till he was 21 years old. Dwight didn't make his first All Star team till he was 21. So I and and he didn't average two blocks a game until his fourth season in the NBA. Now the third season he did average 1.9. But my overall point is is that expecting guys at 19 years old to be able to cover for your defense and cover everybody that is not a good defender. Just not realistic. So I don't think Duran's going to be able to make up for it. I have serious concerns about Ivy's defense. And pairing Boyan and Ivy together on, on a floor, I think it's just asking for some issues defensively. And then now you're basically asking Cade and Stu to make up for that. So I know I don't think that lineup is going to be enough to hide Boyan defensively. I think the type of lineup that you would have to run if your your whole like idea was, to, okay, we're going to try and minimize what, Boyan hurts us with defensively. We're just going to put a defensive lineup out there. I think it would be something like Cade, Asar, Boyan, Stu, Duran. That would be like the the lineup that you'd want to put out there if you're just worried about defense. Or you could swap. I mean, you could swap Cade for Ivy because this isn't like a starting lineup or a backup line. This is just like a lineup you run like in stretches. I guess like three minute stretches, whatever. I apologize for my alarm going off, um, but. Yeah, like, like that's the only lineup I could see that could maybe cover for him defensively. But overall, I just don't think the Pistons have the personnel right now to be hiding guys defensively. They don't have good enough defenders in their back lines that will just make up for dudes in front of them getting blown by or not making rotations or getting away from or getting over screens, getting through screens, like all that stuff. I don't think they have the personnel for it. So, can Pistons hide Boyan defensively? I don't believe so right now. I, I, that's my take. So then... If you say no to that question, you then take that and you go to, okay, well, will Boyan be good enough offensively? Will the team be so good offensively 
that it's worth the defense being not as good. I guess we'll see. Um, with Cade back in the lineup, you expect the offense to be better with Boyan on the floor with him too. And if Boyan was, if we're just going to go off the on-off rating, if Boyan was only a minus 0.4 this past season, playing with all the guys he played with, Killian Hayes, uh, Jay and Ivy rookie season, uh, Jalen Duran rookie season, uh, all the dudes that he was playing with that may not even be getting minutes this upcoming season, may not even be on the roster this season. If you replace that with a Cade Cunningham, a Ivy going into his second season, a Duran going into his second season, uh, a Stu going into his fourth season, whatever. If you just, and really it's just about Cade coming back, you think it would be good enough to make up a 0.4 difference, point differential. Cade, that is. Um, in the games that Cade played, he only played 400 minutes, but in those minutes, Cade was a plus 1.9 on the floor, the Pistons were. So you think that with Cade coming back, maybe the offense actually will be good enough to where Boyan will be a net positive on the floor and his defensive concerns won't be enough to override what he brings offensively with the pairing of Cade returning. So it's definitely an argument that's there. I, I can I see it. I don't know. I, I can't make uh, – I don't feel comfortable at this point making an answer to it on July 21st. Um, I could see both ways. I could see it not being enough to make up for his defensive concerns. I could see it being enough to make up for his defensive concerns. But the overall point I wanted to bring in this segment is that Boyan is really bad defensively. And it's going to be hard to hide him. And the Pistons don't really have personnel defensively to make up for it. So it would more so have to be the offense being so good that it's worth it. So let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kukil. Do you guys believe the offense will be good enough to make up for his concerns defensively? Or do you guys disagree with me and believe that the Pistons do have personnel to hide him defensively? Let me know all that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, I've actually gotten this question from a few of our daily listeners in the comment section and on Twitter. To where, I, Since we decided to record a Boyan-centric episode, I thought, okay, I'll just go ahead and answer this too. And the question is, would you rather play Boyan or Joe Harris? I'm going to answer it when we come back. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our lovely sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, please. On our way to 10,000 subscribers, we're trying to get there. I think the goal, a reasonable goal, would be to get to 10K by the end of this upcoming season. But I need all of your help. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel. I would really appreciate it. Continue to show Lockdown. We are the best and fastest growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. Or you guys can leave us also a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Honestly, why not do both? Both are great ways if you support the podcast. You know, just go ahead and leave us a five-star review and then go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It'll take you no, no less than or no more than two minutes to do so. I'd really appreciate it. Um, but we've got our, I've gotten this question from, from some listeners a lot over the last few weeks. And at first I kind of like, you know, not ignored it, but I wasn't going to give it much time because I didn't think it was really close. But since we decided to have a bullion centric episode, I decided, you know, I'll go ahead and answer it and, and appease some of the people who are asking, would you rather play bullion or Joe Harris? I don't think it's particularly close. I'm playing Boyan every single time, even with some of his defensive concerns. Now, I've heard and read recently 
some differing opinions on Joe Harris, the defender. I've seen that the injuries have completely slowed him down all the way on that end, and he's even worse than he was a few years ago because of the injuries. And I've also read that, oh, actually, he's a good team defender. The injuries haven't slowed him down that bad. Um, I'll probably go and talk with some Nets guys in the next few weeks um, and ask them about Joe Harris and his defense, what they thought about his defense. Um, but as of right now, the things I've read and listened to some people, not in the Nets community, people in the Pistons community I've talked with that claim that they've watched some Joe Harris over the last few years, is that I've heard that he's a fine team defender. Then I've also heard that the defensive con- of the defensive ability has completely went to the drain because of the injuries that he suffered over the last few years. So I don't have a clear answer for that end of the floor, but even with that, Boyan is better than him offensively. And it's not that Joe Harris isn't a good shooter this past season. He didn't play a ton. He doesn't have a lot of possessions. So it's, is this is on small sample size. So this past year, 67th percentile on spot ups, 93rd percentile in transition, 86th percentile on coming off screens. And then on just all jump shots, he was in the 95th percentile as well on jump shots, catch and shoot, 89th percentile coming off dribble, 84th percentile. So Joe Harris is one of the best shooters out there. Um, even if he's not as good as he once was, if you go back to the 21, 22 season, even tinier sample size, let's go back. What's the, What's the best sample size we can get this 2021 season? His, so the 2021 season, 93rd percentile spot up, 68th percentile coming off screens, 81st percentile on handoffs, 91st percentile on transition, 79th percentile on cuts, 99th percentile catch and shoot, probably the best catch and shoot shooter in the NBA that season, and 50th percentile coming off the dribble. So you'd have to go back to the 2020-21 season. So that would be by the time the season starts, what, three years ago? So 21, 22, 22, 23, 23. Yeah, it would be three seasons ago. By the time the season starts, you had to go back to get a legit sample size of him being really damn good. Um, and it's not that I think Joe Harris is just trash now. I don't think he's just awful now. But um, I, I don't think he was what he – I don't think he is what he was when he was shooting like 47% from deep uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. And he's thirty. he's going to be 32 years old this year with injuries – with questions about his defense. And even a few years ago, I don't think he was better than Boyan a few years ago, even with that. Um, I mean, he was a pretty damn good sniper, though. So maybe people would make an argument that he fits better on teams. I, I could see that for sure. Um, but as of right now, no, I, I don't think it's much of a question. Boyan's going to be playing over Joe Harris. I don't know if James Edwards III came out with an article today giving his opinion on what he believes the rotation is going to look like. And Joe Harris wasn't even in his rotation. And that's something I've said on the podcast too. I don't believe Joe Harris is going to be in the rotation. But if they do move Boyan with like someone else, maybe Boyan and Bagley or Boyan and Killian, if they do do a trade like that, I can see Joe Harris stepping in and, and kind of replicating what Boyan brings for sure. He gives that kind of insurance. So if they do that, then I definitely could see uh, Joe Harris stepping into the rotation and giving some spacing and stuff. Or if Isaiah Lewis is the backup four and he's just struggling badly out the gate, maybe they move Asar up to the four position and then play Joe Harris at the three. Like, I could see that happening, but I don't think Joe Harris is threatening Boyan at all. And I, I, I don't think this, the, the talent level is close between the two at this point, even with some of the concerns defensively with Boyan. So that's where I stand with it. Um, but let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Cooper Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. 
hit that subscribe button at the Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel, please. I would really appreciate it. Or both, you could also go and leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. But that's all I've got for you guys today. Stay safe out there. Appreciate all of y'all. Until next time, peace out.